Hey guys, this is Tyler. Before I start this episode, I have a message for my accredited investors. Are you guys tired of the same old boring syndications? Have you ever wished you could invest in a virtually recession-proof market? Well, here's your chance to join me as I literally buy Key West, Florida. That's right, Key West, Florida. How do you get involved? You go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call and book a call with me today. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. It's that time again. This is Tyler Chef, and I am your host. And we're going to talk about something that's worth its weight in gold. And I bet you're probably thinking, what's he talking about now? What's he up to? Well, I'm going to give you some clues and see if you can come up with it all on your own. Okay, let's, let's, play, uh, let's play Riddle Me This. What takes 200 classroom hours of training, a bachelor's degree, and the ability to document 2,500 hours of real property appraisal experience. Now, I just gave it away with that, didn't I? That is an appraiser's license. That's right. It takes 200 classroom hours, and this is in Florida, 200 classroom hours of the Florida Appraiser Qualifications Board approved courses. You got to have a bachelor's degree. In, within that bachelor's degree, you got to have like another 15 hours particularly tied to appraisal. You can't do underwater basket weaving or liberal arts. You got to have 25, that's 2,500 hours of real property appraisal experience. You have to have all that before you can get a full-fledged appraiser's license in the state of Florida. Now, I encourage all of you listening to this show to Google search your individual state and see what the appraisal requirements are, what it's required for you to call yourself an appraisal or appraiser rather in your individual state. Now let's compare that to realtor. Shall we? Uh, a realtor in the state of Florida has to be 18 years of age. They have to have a high school diploma or an equivalent. They have to have, I can't make this stuff up guys. They have to have a United States social security number. Um, and they have to complete 63 hours of approved pre-licensing education within the last two years. The fee is 89 bucks, and they have to pass a sales associate exam. Now, granted, the appraisers also have to pass an exam after all those massive mountains of training. And here's the difference. Let's use my favorite example of a $100,000 house. On the $100,000 house, the appraiser earns, wait for it, folks, $450. Now, that's gross because if they're not a full-fledged appraiser, and they don't own the appraisal company that's collecting the 450 logic would dictate that they're going to have to share that with whoever their boss is. Uh, maybe they split it 50, 50. I don't know. I'm not an appraiser, um, but they, ha they maybe in the best case scenario, if they've gone through all this, they've got their full fledged appraisal company. Maybe they get to keep the whole 450 bucks for themselves. Now let's use the same math and assume a realtor sells the sells the house versus does the appraisal um, the and by the way an, a realtor cannot do an appraisal unless they have an appraiser's license by the way so the realtor earns between three and six thousand dollars on average maybe more maybe a little less depending on what they decide to charge for their services that's the beauty of being a realtor is that you can decide what you're worth some folks don't think they're worth as much so they discount their commission other folks think they're worth a lot more and they increase their commission. It's, you know, whatever you decide you want to make. And of course your client's okay with 
off you go to the races. But compare that to 450 bucks, guys and girls. The differences in the education requirement are alarming. And I thought, recently I thought, geez, you know, Jill and I were talking and we're getting into some pretty complex uh, valuations and stuff. We're looking at different what, different opportunities down here in Key West. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if Jill had her appraiser's license? Jill's the the math wizard of the family. She's the one that, get, that helps me discover the financial opportunities on things. And uh, boy, what a great resource this would be if my wife was a licensed appraiser. One of my lenders, actually, uh, Frank Cotto from Lincoln Lending, his wife is a licensed appraiser. And I took that with a grain of salt until I actually looked up for myself what you all have to go through to become a certified appraiser. It's obviously more than I'm willing to do. And I told Jill, I'm like, it's just, just not worth, forget it. It's not worth it. It's not worth having to document all those hours. I mean, good God, there goes any thought of, you know, you're right back into the, I guess, into the rat race, I say, as far as a schedule, because she, that's a lot of time, 2,500 hours. Wow. It's kind of crazy. So what I, what got us thinking about that was, boy, wouldn't it be nice if one of us was a licensed appraiser? I see how it benefits, but it benefits Frank uh, in his lending, right? He's also a hard money lender. And it's nice when you can look on over the other side of the couch and say, honey, what do you think this dump is worth? And she has all that documented experience and she can come up with a number. Obviously it's much more involved than just, you know, looking up at the ceiling, watching the ceiling fan go around a couple of times and picking a number out of the air. But she would probably be a little bit more prepared to determine what fair market value would be for a property. So that got me thinking. And, and I started thinking about the things that a lot of people get themselves in trouble with, especially people that are, that are speculating that let's say you decide you're going to flip a house. I mean, after all, as long as these interest rates stay low, if you have an experience in flipping houses, probably wouldn't be a bad time to, to dust off the uh, calculator and, and think about grabbing some opportunity because if they keep these rates the way they are, well, this market's not going to slow down anytime soon. If they, obviously if they adjust interest rates or interest rates go up uh, exponentially, that will slow things down in the marketplace. But there is some opportunity for people that have experience with this. So if you're the type of person that has money sitting in your IRA and you want to get it moving, or you've got some idle cash, maybe it makes sense. If you are not an expert level flipper, I am. So for me, I'm going to go out there and do the flips, but this is not for everybody. I am an expert level flipper and I'm bringing people with me that are not experts. By that, I mean financial friends of mine that people that I, that I know. And a lot of folks now we don't know with this fund, we're, ramping up, we're putting our, our health, throwing all our hats in the ring. And my team and I, we're going to go out and do some high end cool stuff. And we're all going to make money and everybody be happy. That said, if you're not the type of person that has extensive experience doing flips, if you've never managed a crew of construction workers, if you're not really good at valuing property or discovering opportunity or any of those tools, doesn't mean you can't play. It just means you need to find people that do have those skills and team up with them. And that's frankly why we started Key West Cashflow. Speaking of which, if you want to get on the phone, if you're an accredited investor and you want to get on the phone, as you heard in the commercial there, the little bumper right in the front of the episode, if you're an accredited investor and you want to get your, your money moving, you want to take part in that fund, you go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call. And that will get a, a time slot on both mine and my partner Mike's calendar. You can talk to both of us. We can either do phone or Zoom or whatever you want. You want to pick our brain, ask questions, whatever you want. We're out there. We're open. We're transparent. We're going to have webinars coming up. But that maybe got me thinking with this whole thing is like, you know, I like to have 
checks and balances. I believe in double checking myself. That's one of the beauties of having a wife that's super smart in my household is that she can look over my shoulder and I, when I come up with a conclusion on something, I go to her, I rely on her for a second set of eyes. Okay. She'll, I can throw it out there. I can, this is what I think. And she looks at it and goes, well, you left out this, that, or whatever, or there's either more money here or less money here. And that has been a huge benefit to us over the years, as far as our investing, where I have come up with a scenario and Jill's either found a way to make us decide not to do it because that was the make sense decision, or, you know, maybe she threw up an objection or on the other hand, maybe she said, Hey, here's even more money that I wasn't missing, that I was missing. Like I wasn't discovering. And these are the type of things that in a lot of cases an appraiser can help you with. It's good guys. When you're out there doing flips or you're doing, even when you're doing buy and hold properties, um, instead of pure speculation where you're just willy nilly thrown against the wall and see if it sticks, an appraiser will appraisal will cost you 450 bucks. Now I know a lot of you old school people are thinking, Oh, that's a bunch of BS spending money on an appraisal. I know what a property is going to sell for. After all, I got my realtor license. Ha ha ha. Well guys, I have a realtor license and I suck at property valuation. You know why? Because I haven't gone through 2,500 hours of documented real property appraisal experience. I'm sure I probably have, but not in the, in the regard to an appraisal because I've been out spending those real estate commissions and having a good time. I haven't had a direct focus on the valuation of property the same as a licensed appraiser would. So one would lend themselves to believe that an appraiser, a licensed appraiser probably is going to get a little closer to reality. And maybe if you're doing flips or you're doing buy and hold, doesn't matter any type of deal you're doing. Heck, maybe if you, maybe you're investing in somebody else's fund, like our fund, and you think, well, maybe Tyler and Mike are crazy. Ask yourself this question. Is it worth 450 bucks to pay an appraiser to go out and double check our math? Well, the answer is probably hell yeah, because it's 450 bucks. If you're getting ready to invest in someone's flip and you're going to be a hard money lender, and they provide you some appraisal. Maybe you just decide that it's worth 450 bucks. Think of it like an insurance policy to have an appraiser go out there and put the, your own appraiser that you choose and put a number on that property to verify its value. Guys, that's called checks and balances, right? I mean, you think of all the people you've got out there doing deals. I just watched a little video on YouTube the other day, old Grant Cardone, and just bought himself a new a new place over there in Miami beach. And it's literally right on the beach. And, you know, he talks on the video he's going to make, he's buying it for this many million and he's going to sell it for this many million. And I'm sure he kind of pulled those numbers out of his back pocket right before the camera rolled. And that's, I'm not saying that to disrespect uh, Grant Cardone, because I, I think what he's doing is he's doing a great job. I'm sure. I, I, I don't know. I don't know his numbers, but what I am saying is maybe he's guessing at the numbers. I'm here to tell you, over the years, I've had this podcast that I've helped hundreds, if not thousands of people that have literally reached out over the years with problems they've got themselves into, primarily when they're lending money on other people's deals, might, might, might I add. Uh, when they've gotten themselves in hot water is because the end result or what the projection was on the investment was not nearly as high as what they thought it was. Now, sometimes that's the... the um, provider. Maybe it's the person doing the flip that's off on their numbers. Maybe they got into a rehab mess that was a little over their head. And they didn't know what to do. I don't know. Maybe they took the drywall off and they found out that the whole beam center beam of the house was rotten and chewed up with termites or 
I don't know, maybe the city came in and red tagged him for not having a licensed contractor. All kinds of things that can go wrong. But we tend to think that we can solve anything by sticking a for sale sign out front. And some schmuck will show up and, and pay more. Now, in this market, there's a, probably a lot of truth to that. But the bottom line is you have to be pretty certain on that end value number. And it's real easy to get lost in the euphoria of flipping a property or, or a new opportunity. What do I mean by that? Well, initially, you just can't. The guys, you're out there thinking, man, I get to get me a whole new Makita drill set and new, new uh, screwdrivers. And this is just going to be great. And my wife won't be able to bitch because it's a business expense and what could possibly go wrong. And you go out there thinking you're going to get rich because you're going to sell this house when it's all done for 350 grand. Well, the problem is the reason why you think it's going to sell for 350 is because you need 350 to make money. In reality, the house is worth 325. You would have known that had you hired a licensed appraiser, dropped, you know, back off the power tools for a minute, drop a whopping couple 400 bucks and hire a licensed appraiser to give you a good idea of what market value or appraised value is. Why is this important? Number one, it's a great bargaining chip. Next week's episode, I'm going to talk about a particular deal where this very thing came true. It's a real-world example of what made sense and how the deal played out, so you can see even more so how having an appraisal tied in here. Now, guys, the thing about real estate investing is, you know, you can, there's all kinds of courses out there that can teach you how to do everything. I mean, heck, you can go to buy the appraisal training course for the state of Florida from any real estate school. You can go through all that training, but ask yourself this question. You're not going to get the license, but are you willing to, to put 200 class hours, classroom hours together? That's a lot of time, guys. And you're thinking, oh, it's only like five weeks. Well, if you did 40 hours a week and if you're working right now, you don't have another 40 hours a week because you probably got kids to take care of or you have a spouse to take care of. You want to have a social life. You got to go to the club and hang out with the honeys, whatever it may be. You got a lot of things going on in your life. So to knock out a 200 classroom hour course is a huge ask. So I know it sounds sexy when you get into some of these mentorship programs like, oh, they're going to give me all this information. It's going to be great. And with this information, I'm going to make a gazillion dollars. Yeah, but you got to sit down and go through the information. Guys, there's a reason why I made the private money crash course, that little $100 course I told you about. There's a reason why I made that course as short as it is, because I know nobody wants to sit there and go through the equivalent of a master's program um, to learn how to raise money. And to be honest with you, it's not that hard. So I didn't need to be much longer than it is. It's it's five videos. It'll take you a couple hours to go through. And if you just simply do what I tell you to do in the course, you can raise money. It's not hard to raise private money and do it legally and ethically. But to go to 200 classroom hours of training to get the same information versus just simply paying some appraiser, a good appraiser that understands market value in the market you're playing in, to come up with an appraised price, it's a good thing. And here's the thing. What if if in that example, you're going to sell the house for $250,000? What if it's actually worth two eighty five dollars and you weren't paying attention? What if you missed a a comp that they did find? What they've just done by you buying that appraisal is now they have that compare. They've they've actually given you justification to get even more money than you thought before. So I ask you again, if we're talking about a house that you're going to sell for $250,000, if the appraisal comes in at two eighty five, dollars are you going to say, no, thanks. I I don't want the extra $35,000. 
uh, I'm just going to go ahead and sell it at 250 because I want to be right. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to slap a $285,000 price tag on it and you'll probably sell it for 300. But here's the thing. When you have paid for an appraisal, 450 bucks. I keep saying 450 bucks because I want you guys to realize how trivial in the grand scheme of things spending $450 is to save your own ass or make a fortune by simply doing it. When you put out that 450 bucks, that pittance, probably what you spend at the club on Crystal and the ladies on a Friday night, you put that out there. You got, if it comes back and you like the results, guess what you have? You've got what you call marketing chip. Now you can tell everybody you can put the house on the market for 284.9 and say you're blowing it out below appraised value. What happens? Every knucklehead on the planet with a pre-approval letter comes clamoring to your house. Please, God, let me buy your house. At least that's what happens in today's market. So now they're going to fight over it and the damn thing gets to 300,000. What else does the appraisal tell you? It tells you that when somebody puts in an offer of 300,000, it dang sure better be a cash offer that does not have an appraisal contingency. Why is that important? Well, it's important because if you have an offer for 300,000 and the property does not appraise for 300,000, well, gee, Tyler, how would I know it's not going to appraise for 300,000? Ding, 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 because you just had an appraisal that came in at 285. So it's unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely that a house that just appraised yesterday for 285,000 probably won't appraise for 300,000 or more. So that means whoever, whatever buyer's coming in, they better be a cash buyer or have a loan to value ratio where the loan amount is equal to or greater than the sales price or less than the sales price, right? Because the property has to appraise for the sales price or whatever the loan amount is of the property. So without getting too into the weeds, simple math. If the, if the loan amount is 285,000 and the price property appraises at 285, then you're golden. No problem. But if the loan amount's going to be 300,000 and the property appraises at 285, one of two things needs to happen. That offer goes away and the buyer finds a different house or you have to the buyer one of three things. Actually, the buyer has to bring the difference to closing. So they have to pony up the difference between the 285 and the 300,000. In that case, somebody's got to produce $15,000 or you have to discount the purchase price of the house to accommodate for that. Well, that's no fun. What fun is that? You can't be a dirty capitalist pig. If you keep dropping the price of the house, you have to, you're going to have a tough time and that's going to be very uncomfortable for you because the minute that you get done slapping yourself on the, on the back and, and high fiving your buddies that you sold the place for 300,000 and that cold sweat breaks over you realizing that it's only appraised for 285. Well, that makes for a bad day. Then you start drinking for a different reason, don't you? Well, how do we solve the problem? Guys, real simple. We go out and get an appraisal. I believe in this process so much. It's one of my little ninja secrets when I list a house for somebody. I offer to pay for the seller's appraisal. Why do I do that? Because the appraiser comes out and gives us a realistic number so that when we build our marketing plan, we know where we're at. When offers come in, we know which offers make sense based on the appraisal amount and which ones don't. I can have a legitimate conversation with the seller about the risks of the deal and the likelihood of it will close. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what makes me an expert in the marketplace. That's how I make more money than all the other realtors. That's how I make sellers more money than any other realtor in the Tampa Bay and Key West market. Guys, catch up with you next week. 
This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.